Today's episode of Skinner Reconsidered is brought to you by, I regret this already, The Simple Friend. The Simple Friend has been in the business of being the simple man's best friend for over 20 years. During that time, many have dared to contest the Simple Friend's reign at the top of the friendship pyramid. However, all foes have been easily vanquished and all challengers summarily dismissed. Like the, like the Highlander, the simple friend stands alone, the headless, mangled remains of his enemies, crushed beneath his boot heel. Also, his hair looks great. Okay, you know what? I guess I'll keep going. Some have argued that the simple man would not have achieved half of what he has accomplished were it not for the simple friend's steadfast support and considerable personal influence. It just goes on and on. Indeed, such arguments are often put forth on social media, at the water cooler, and in the halls of academia. (laughs) So it's settled then. The simple friend is the greatest of the greats, and the simple man would be little more than a hollow shell without him. I'm just reading what it says. To learn more about the benefits of such life-altering friendship, visit thesimplefriend.com today. And for this week only, save 20% off your order when you enter the code, Skinner Reconsidered wouldn't exist without the helpful wit and wisdom of the simple friend at checkout. Some restrictions may apply, especially if your name is Tom. Tom knows what he did. All right, let's turn it up. From the Florida border up to Nashville, Tennessee, this is Skinnerd Reconsidered, the only podcast where I review every Leonard Skinnerd song. I am your host, The Simple Man, and we have a very special treat for you today. You already know him. You love him. He's the simple friend. Say hello to all the Freebirds out there, simple friend. Freebirds, you don't know how excited I am to be here. I mean that in all sincerity. I'm very, very excited. So here's the thing. They know you because I've released two episodes now. You're making a lot of noise there. We just started. Oh, I just started. I've been so quiet for a while. My legs started getting um, – it should be noted that I'm recording my portion of this in my garage, and it's kind of gotten hot, and I started getting sort of sweaty, so I moved my legs around and on the concrete, so I'm sorry. I'm going to be still now. Sound like you were sanding something. Yeah, my, I got the Crocs on that my kids gave me for Father's Day one year. And so when you rub them against concrete, they definitely sound like standing. But you know well that I cannot do anything manually, labor-wise, so I'm definitely not saying it. There's not like a workshop in here. <laughs> also, no, you can't do anything without being loud. Yeah, that's true. I wish that's they could true. see you. It's great because you are in the garage <laughs> and you're in between your two cars. Yep. And as we discussed uh, before we started rolling here, you have the two flotation devices hanging I do not have a pool, but I do have multiple flotation devices. My kids and my wife are so into pools, uh, our friends' pools specifically, that they, they have like their own personal armada of flotation devices. And for some reason, we hang them on our wall where tools would normally be. I'm actually jealous because it looks well-organized. It's doing okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does help when they're flotation devices because, you know, they don't weigh much. So when you put them up there, it's not like you have to have a lot of counterweights to keep them in place you just put a little nail in there and there you go 
But and, and yeah, if they do fall, there's no real danger. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to hurt anything. But it, I, every time I sit here and talk to you, it does very much seem like I'm in a pool house. It I'm not. Like a pool house. No, it looks like a pool house, but I'm definitely not. I do not have a pool. We have a lot of pool related uh, stuff. I am sorry so, you're hot. I want you to be comfortable. That's right. I'm, I'm just so excited to be here. Um, yeah, and, and you know, before we get further, uh, yes. the people out there that listen along, they've heard you twice now. There were two episodes released. They were, they were bonus episodes. They weren't right. specifically about Skinner, but they were just old recordings I had lying around, and you were featured prominently in, in both. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was just me and you. And That's so true. I already know you. They, I've got some great feedback. A couple of people said, this guy should have his own podcast. Wasn't sure how to take that, but <laughs> I think they're right. I think they're right. But I've always wanted to have you on as a, go- uh, as a ghost. As a ghost. <laughs> I so you're going mur- to murder me? Yeah, I want to kill you. Ghost guest. <laughs> as a guest on the, uh, the proper podcast, like this one today, where we're going to talk about a song called Searching. So thanks so much for being here. Tell them, tell them who are you and why do you matter to us? So you and I have been really close friends. I don't like to use the term best friend because now that we have kids, uh, you know that they can be, it can be a little funky when they refer to their besties and things, especially as they get older and you're like, you know, these sort of superlatives. Yeah. yeah, it's like, hey, you have friendships and things. But the truth is, it's without a doubt that you have been one of my absolute closest friends for as long as I've had friendships, you know, long lasting wise. And you and I first met in high school, that was 25 plus years ago. Um, we lived together in college, we lived together after college for a while. Um, we, yeah, I've used, you've been one of my closest, if not the closest friend I've had ever. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. And you, and you and I are very different. Um, but we also are very similar in many ways. So it's been really fun to listen to, uh, the podcast and hear your take on things, especially a catalog that I'm familiar with, but not super familiar with at times. And hear like your take and be like, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Or are there times I'll disagree, but also like, I know you so well. I feel like I know what you're going to say, but then you'll surprise me often. That's good. And what's really exciting though, is seeing that you've built this community of people that listen. I mean, this is all sincerity and they seem to love you for all the same reasons that I love you, <laughs> you know, nice. uh, which is good. Cause it makes you feel, it makes you feel justified. and like, see, this is why this guy's so great. Um, oh, it's this like, so it's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you're the funniest person I've ever known, or at least tied for first place with... Well, the loudest. Yeah, definitely loudest, usually. And, and I've never had a better friend than you. And yeah, and just, you know, how great and funny you are. That's reason enough for you to be here. But of course, we have deep, deep ties to one another. And musically, we've, we, and, and, we came of age together in a lot of ways, musically. That's what, there were some formative years right before we... Because you and I got really close... I was around, I'm one year older. So I was around 17, maybe you were 16. So, I mean, a lot of really important years had already happened. As yeah. I know you've talked about on the show, we don't need to go into it again, but everyone listening knows 12 to 17 is, is round one. A lot is happening then. Maybe the most important five years in your musical education are happening there. But, you know, 17 to 22 is no slouch. And you and I were like lockstep. A lot of the discoveries we made, a lot of the things, even times where we diverged, in different ways, interest-wise, we're all happening like in close proximity, and that's true of a lot of other friends too. Like it yeah, wasn't oh, yeah. just you and I, but like you and I actually lived together. So I remember also, since so many of your listeners, I think, are more our age, it's so fascinating now to think about the way you can consume music. But you know, like you would buy a CD, I'd be like, oh, cool, I don't have to buy that one because yeah. I can't afford to, and then I would go get the other one, and we would share all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's been really fun hearing you go through this stuff, 
because it's made me think about all the different records we listen to together and all those kind of, you know, all those times. So it's been a weird trip down memory lane for me, even when you're saying nothing that has anything to do with me or our past, it yeah. just kind of makes me think about it. So that's awesome. Yeah, I can see that. Well, and I'm sure that you recall during those years, I probably never played a single Leonard Skinner song. You definitely did not. I can say, yeah, because I, I wonder, and I don't know, I, 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 you know, I'm not on social media, so I don't know what people have asked you or not. But if anyone's ever asked whether or not you're kind of like putting on an act about rediscovering this now in present day, it's 100% true that like, I was aware, I mean, I didn't even know your father very well. I only met him a couple of times, but like, I knew that your dad was more traditionally Southern than we were. I was aware of that. And I knew at one point when you told me that you had seen Skinner like three years in a row when you were a kid. But I have, I mean, I don't think you ever played it. Neither one of us played it once. And I don't think you even like had their greatest hits or something like your dad had forced on you. Like no. there was none of that. So I left it all behind. None of it. I became a teenager. Didn't listen to it at all. Never talked about it. Zero interest all throughout college. Yeah. And the one thing I don't, I don't know that anyone's doubting my sincerity, but the, the biggest problem is that people assume that I, who aren't really paying close attention. They always assume I'm an expert on Leonard Skinner and think that I must know everything <laughs> about it. Right. I can't blame them because I'm doing a podcast where I review sure. every single Leonard Skinner song. So even the people that I know are listening along, they still think I know more about Skinner than I actually do. I mean, at this point, you know, I've learned some stuff. You, yeah. Well, it's self-fulfilling prophecy. Especially in the beginning, they, you know, they, they knew way more. Most listeners know, knew way more than I do. No, I think that's why also like, uh, when you seem to really enjoy a song, it feels very sincere because it is true. You have not heard that song maybe ever, or you certainly haven't in decades. Last night, yeah. In preparation for this, yeah. I invented a new game. Yeah. For me and you to play right now. Can you even believe that? I, I can believe it because when we've done things in the past, you've often been big on the games and I like I, it. I, just I, love, can, I, can ever, I can never think of games. I just love games. Think back to when we were living together in college. All the games we would play. All the games. Did we ever play a single game? <laughs> we didn't. And here's just a real quick sidebar. Today we, uh, we went to that SOAR Adventure Center. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, you have to get appointments, which I should have known because of Corona. Um, and so we didn't have an appointment. So we made one real quick. But we had 45 minutes to kill. So we went to Bargain Hunt, you know, where all the cheap castaway stuff is. And my yeah, son runs over to me and my son runs over and says, Dad, we have to buy this board game. It's only $3. They've got like 50 of them. And I was like, let me see it. And it was, <laughs> it's designed to look like a Dungeons and Dragons game. And it even has six-sided die and those kind of things when you turn it over. Uh-huh. It's, it looks like a medieval kind of thing. And it's called Faith and Redemption. And it is a Christian board game that involves like six-sided die, cards. You start off in the Garden of Eden and you try to get redeemed. And there are cards called sin cards. <laughs> like also say it's legit. And we bought two copies. Ugh. I'm not sure what we're going to do with them because it's like, they're just great dad gifts or nothing else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but in buying that, I realized we play with our kids, but I don't think you and I have ever played a board game or even like, a video game together. We never played like no games. We played only mind games and some emotional games, but never once did we play what could be considered a game. So head you being into games was a bit of a surprise to me. We never played head games from time. Yeah, to time. definitely some head games. Well, that game that you bought 
Sounds like no fun. No but fun at all. I do play. I do play a lot of games with the kids these days. But yep. this, is, this is a different kind of game. This is for adults. This is for me and you only. Uh-oh. Like Leisure Larry. <laughs> remember what? him? Do you remember Leisure Suit Larry, the CD-ROM? No, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. I'll never. Sorry. I'll never play this game. Never <laughs> sorry. Play I'm sorry. I love I'm you so like, much. You're the greatest. I'm we'll never the worst. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. The best. I'm done. But, I'm yeah. done. <laughs> Listen. What if I promise you that you get to talk during the game? Does that help? <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Okay. The name of the game, for now, is Ronnie or Dirt? Question mark. Okay. Unless you can come up with a good name. I can't. Well, you don't know what the game's about yet. Okay. So give yourself a chance. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to read a quote that is from either Ronnie Van Zant or Joe Dirt, beloved film character played by David Spade in the movie that was probably called Joe Dirt. Yep. Is that right? Okay. Yep. So I'll read a quote, and it's from Ronnie or it's from Joe Dirt, and you're going to guess if it's Ronnie or if it's Joe Dirt. I'll just do one interjection and say that while I have read David Spade's autobiography, which is very embarrassing to admit, but I have read it, I have not seen Joe Dirt. That, well, that helps. So well, that means that I won't, I won't be like a ringer. That, that helps a lot. And say, oh, that's Joe Dirt Act One. I know that. Well, let me say that I love Ronnie Van Zant and David Spade. And I know that sometimes I run down Ronnie. I don't want to upset any of the diehards out there. I have been surprised by how clever some of the lyrics are. But there is still the stereotype, simple friend. I'm sure you're aware of it, that Ronnie is a redneck and that somebody like Joe Dirt would be similar to a, uh, a Ronnie Van Zant. Certainly, Joe Dirt was a big Skinnerd fan. Part of what made me think of this. So let's see if there are similarities between the way the two of them talk or if it's very obvious when it's Ronnie versus Joe Dirt. Now feel bad, like you want to talk and you're not talking. No, no, no. Actually, I'm really excited because this will be good. I don't, I don't know if I'll be able to guess properly. Yeah. It's good. Let's play. Okay, here's the first quote. I'm a rocker dude through and through. Ronnie or dirt? Oh, that is actually hard. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Ronnie. You are incorrect. Oh. It's Joe Dirt. See? This is, is going to be hard. Okay. Don't feel bad. We've got... We've got a way to go. I can't wait to get myself back on the board. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the next one. I just swung for the fence. That's my whole philosophy in life. That's got to be Ronnie. That is Ronnie. Yep. Good job. That, that does feel like his whole philosophy. It, it really does. It really does. Okay. Next quote. Or just tell me to stop. Does this suck? No, this is good. This is All good. Right. All right. Next quote. Life's a garden. Dig it. <laughs> that could be either. Great. It does, I do actually one. think either one. Um, it's so amazing about this fun new game. It is a great new game. I feel like you could sell this at Bargain Hunt for $3. <laughs> uh, Apparently. Life's a garden. Dig it. I just, need to buy, I just need to buy all the remaining faith and redemptions to create shelf space for you, Please. which I'm willing to do. No. Uh, I'm going to say Joe Dirt. You're going to be correct. Yes. So wait, I'm two for three? You're two for three. What, um, is there a prize or is there a, is there like, remember you talked about the Ignoramus? Like, is there a Cracker Barrel-esque oh, scale? There should be. Look, I didn't yeah. put a lot of time into this. That's totally let's fair. Think. 
let's think. Okay, we might not go through them all, but I've got eight. What? One, two, three, four. Five. Yes, eight quotes. So yeah, I, if, if I, I promise yeah. to not distract you further, I want to see if I can if I can get how many I can get out of eight. Okay, and I think if you get six right, then you are pretty dumb, pretty <laughs> pretty darn smart. Pretty darn smart. And if you get less than six, then you owe me twenty bucks. Oh. Okay, well, I was hoping for ignoramus, but that does seem... Okay, let's just move yeah, on. Tough we don't have time tough to go friend. over the rules. There's no time okay, for the rules. That's true. Okay. Next quote. You guys got something to say to me? Why don't you say it in the microphone? I got a backup mic right here. Check one, two, testing, testing. Yep. They both working, and guess what? They don't like no feedback. All right, I feel that is Joe Dirt, and, I can, and I'm visualizing both fists coming up. Yeah, yeah. And Spade you doing... It. You nailed yeah. it. I thought, just I, sound, I thought I might get you with the microphone, but it's obvious. It's funny. Yeah, it's, long it's and funny, and it's, it's also got that David Spade cadence. Yeah, it does. Okay. Fair enough. Next question, or next quote. All right, so I am three for four. Three for four. Okay. Don't worry, I'm keeping score. All right. If prisons, freight trains, swamps, and gators don't get you to write songs, man, you ain't got no business writing songs. Okay, this feels like a gimme, but then also seems like at this point in the game, you're looking to trick me. Uh, but I'm going to go with my gut and say Ronnie. It is Ronnie Van Zandt. <sighs> uh, this game, okay. You know what? I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad there's a difference between Ronnie and Joe. Okay, this next one, well, I, I will, I'll just read it. A horse and woman, well, both of them you ride. I am going to go with Ronnie because I feel like Joe Dirt, like most David Spade characters, is not aggressively sexual. Okay, you're right again, but, but your explanation is wrong because the reason you should know that is because you listen to the podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. Extensively. So that was a test for you. Oh, no, I so failed. You get an F minus on friendship. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, wait, wait. Five out of six. Which, which song is that from? On the Hunt. Just like you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I did hear that one. All right. But I did forget. I'm sorry. No, let's just move on. Yeah. Travel on to the next one. Okay. Dang it. I feel good about your chances to nail the I'm doing pretty time. well. Okay. Yeah, but I've already failed the friendship test, the secret hidden test, which all games have an additional subtextual level. And, and I've, I've failed there. And that's really what it was all about. But yeah. Okay. The next quote is, I thought I had broken my ass bone. <laughs> I really wish that that was a documented quote from Ronnie Van Zandt, but I'm going to go with <laughs> Joe Dirt. All right, you're right again. Hey, Can I just say this? I just make the, I want to watch Joe Dirt. I don't want to anymore, but I want to watch Joe Dirt. There's only one more to go. Ronnie could have said that. Okay. <laughs> That's so dumb, but I do want to watch this movie now. It's pretty funny. I would avoid Joe Dirt too if I were you, but. <laughs> I do like, you know, my the simple wife. Anything David Spade does just yeah. cracks her up. He is well, because you guys have a similar sensibility. You're very dry. I guess. Both yeah. have huge penises. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what they say, right? There's those two Not things. <laughs> yeah. That's the two things. I mean, they do say that about him. They do. Yeah. Okay, last one. Here's a quote. All right. Right on. You're Joe Meteorite, and I'm Joe Dirt. That one's now, pretty easy. That one's pretty that easy. One seems, that one seems like an easy one. I'm gonna, that one's pretty easy. But at the same time, there's been other twists here. So yeah. I'm going to say that what if we go with Ronnie and that's where the Joe Dirt name came from? 
and that's why David Spade named his character. I'm going to say Ronnie Van Zandt. I'm sorry, you got that one wrong. Oh! You know what? You still got six out of eight, so you don't okay. owe any money, and you are pretty darn smart. All right. That feels good. You know what? I'm, I'm enjoying all this, this chit-chat, but maybe it's yeah. time to listen to some music. What do you say? I can't wait. That sounds great to me. All right. I'll just play it on my phone. And then you do this. Whenever you want me to pause, we won't do any of that business where I kind of talk over this song. We'll just play it. And whenever you want to say something, you raise your hand. In fact, Fair enough. we could just do that from now on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you, and you mean for all for our remaining friendship. When yeah. we're together anywhere, if you raise your hand, I just know okay, I've maybe gone a little far. <laughs> now, I, we're going we're gonna to crank it up and then... Um, yeah, you want to talk, you raise your hand, we'll pause it, and we'll talk. So this song is the seventh song off Give Me Back My Bullets, the fourth album from Leonard Skinner, and it's called Searching. It was written by Ronnie Van Zant, as you knew, and also by Alan Collins. Okay, I want to read some lyrics to you. Yeah, no, I, I actually I actually have them up. Okay, I just pulled them up. Yeah. Okay, then I'll read them for the people then. Yep. So he says, Ronnie sings. I asked the wise man one sunny day, "Can you help me find my way? You're so much older and wiser too. Would you help me, Mister Wise Man? I'm feeling blue. Lord, I'm not satisfied." Okay, you know that I like Ronnie's lyrics. Yeah. Not, <laughs> this is not his best effort. Let's just admit it. First of all, he calls him a wise man <laughs> in the first line. <laughs> Third line, he calls he talks about how much wiser he is. Yeah. The fourth line, he calls him Mr. Wise Man. Mr. Wise Man. And I was thinking earlier, I listened to this once earlier today, and I like how Ronnie, I didn't have time to look up examples. I know there are many out there, and maybe you Freebirds can help me out. But I love that he, he's writing a song about a wise man. Mm -hmm. And he decides, I'll name him. Mr. Wise Man. Mr. Wise Man. <laughs> he also has a song called Mr. Banker. A, and I know there's at least one other example. And I just imagine him and Alan are hanging out and Ronnie's saying, you know, I'm writing a song about this the wise man. This wise man, he's a character in the song. I talked to him. And I was yeah. like, cool, man, what's, what's the wise man's name? It's Mr. Wise Man. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go with Mr. Wise but Man. Alan, but Alan, you need to understand, he's not just a character. He's an archetype. He's larger than life. <laughs> Exactly. He's like the wise man, wise man to end all wise men, which is why he could be nothing but Mr. Wise Man. Mr. Wise Man to you. I wonder. And how did when, Curtis Lowe get, get his own name? Yeah, Curtis Lowe why has such specificity. He, why wasn't he just Mr. <laughs> Homeless Blues guy? Yeah. <laughs> he, Sing he me looks, a song, Mr. Homeless, Mr. Homeless Blues, Blues guy. Blues guy. <laughs> uh, I wonder if when Ronnie, like, if he went shoe shopping, if he said, Help me out, Mr. Shoe Salesman. <laughs> and it was like, I need to get some shoes, you know? <laughs> but if everybody was just Mr. Whatever their vocation was. Yes. Mr. Shoe Man. Mr. Shoe Man. I need some walking boots. I need some walking boots. 
Yeah. Now these boots, they they can get to walking, right? Thank you. That's my Mr. Like shoes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny because um, when you sent me the song and told me which one, I was really happy because, yeah, I I I also when I started listening to Skinner, realized early on, it's like, oh yeah, this guy is obviously. It was unfair of me to judge him in thinking that he was just some simple-minded guy. You know, the lyrics are very straightforward often, but you know, there's a yeah. lot of really clever turns of phrase. And he's a great storyteller. Um, and like the uh, "Give Me Three Steps" is just a really funny short story. Exactly. You know, and like that's that was one I was, I, and that was one that played when we were kids on the radio all the time. But because my dad wasn't a big Southern rock guy, I think I only knew, knew the chorus a little bit. And all I really knew was "Give Me Three Steps." But I, I mean, I heard it like in isolation in the background. So far, all I knew it was like about a dance or something. Like I didn't know what he was actually saying. I didn't really hear it very much. So I finally heard that song. I was like, "This guy's a really great short story writer." But then when you get to this, this definitely sounds like the guy you described early on, who I believe you said um, didn't write his lyrics down. <laughs> like, you yeah. just memorized. I was like, well, yeah. to be fair, it doesn't seem like a big challenge to quickly rattle off and then memorize these particular turns of phrase where you have that quick, like, oh, what's my go-to on the next line? I either say wise again or blues or help. Like, there's like three or four key words yeah. in every other phrase. Like, yeah, this definitely feels like the guy It's a little... That guy wrote that song. Yeah. That guy wrote well, this song. I'm, well, and I always wonder, uh, there were a lot of drinking and drugs involved in right. what he can do in cert with certain songs, certain lyrics. And then when you hit one like this, I wonder if in his head, there, he had a much better song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when it's time to sing it, he's like, Mr. Wise Man, you're Mr. wise. <laughs> Check out how wise you are. <laughs> well, he's already set the precedent over three, four albums. They're all hits. Yeah. He doesn't need to write the lyrics down. If he does it, it'll be seen as a sign of weakness now uh, in front of the guys. And we all know that he's not showing weakness in front of any of these knuckleheads. Absolutely. That's the last. He is the alpha male. So if there was a better version of this song, he definitely can't admit it. And maybe he had a few too many. And now this, just, this is now the song that Alan Collins has to live with. I hope Alan Collins didn't like love this rip. I don't think he did. It's, it's pretty generic. But what if it was like, Oh yeah. man, that was, he came in that day. I was like, this is the one. And Ronnie's this is just a masterpiece. Yeah. This is my masterpiece. I was like, Oh, I guess, I guess he's just happy. It's not called Mr. Wiseman, the song itself. I mean, I guess it's better. Searching <laughs> is it's not searching is an arguably better title, but this is definitely, yeah. Not okay. his finest hour. Let's get to searching. This is, I'm, this yeah. is paint by numbers scared. <laughs> this, this ain't the one. This is <laughs> exactly. This is definitely yeah. the one. And, and once again, so lyrics. He's talking about you got stacks of money to, to the sky up above. Mm -hmm. Now all you need is to find you a love. I, I I know I've joked about this being a uh, concept album. I swear every song in this album he talks about 
how much it sucks now that he has money and everyone thinks he's got it made, but how shitty it actually is, which I'm sure is a very real thing. But it is a little funny for the guy who, the simple man that we all relate to, and it's almost an entire album full of complaining about having money. (laughs) (laughs) And that way... In that way, um, I, he was very, uh, he was like pre-hip-hop in that way. Exactly. When, uh, yeah, about, you know, more money, more problems. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I didn't, I, I, I didn't make that connection, but it's, it is interesting. And you, I, I remember you talked about in an earlier episode about, which was a song you wrote that, where he talked about, like, like, hey, when you see me out, leave me alone. I want to go fishing. I want to do my old, like, I want to be the old Ronnie or whatever. I can't remember which song it was, but, but it is off-putting whenever someone talks about um, having money and then also having problems, it just is. It because is. And honestly, it, I, it, I wouldn't even mind it that much. It's just funny for this it guy, is funny. this particular right. person, because again, I mean, it's a stereotype, but it's kind of these, you know, all these old rednecks that love him and relate to him. And I completely understand why, but they're obviously skimming over all the parts about, how sad he is about his yeah. stacks of money. His stacks of money. Uh, yeah, I, I will say to the chorus, I, I didn't laugh out loud, but when I first listened to it, and I was like, I need to hear these lyrics, uh, like be able to read them, because I'm not very attentive to lyrics. And when I read them, I was like, ooh, I would have been better off not looking at the lyrics. Um, mm-hmm. So if it's taken at all literally, I like that the man's wisdom you know, there's all these different things I guess he could share. He's Mr. Wise Man after all. Yes. But in addition to the lyrics being so paid by numbers, as you said, it also means the story that Ronnie's constructed is about as basic as it gets because the only wisdom he can impart <laughs> is about the most basic thing in the world, yes. which is love, yeah. which is my I'm least love. favorite top, my least favorite topic in all of songs. <laughs> and so this magical creature who's out there ready to, to dispense all manner of insight. The only thing he has to say is you need to find love and then you have to go find a bird and the bird will tell you where she is. Like the bird yeah. isn't even, the bird doesn't even represent the journey or represent the soul of the woman you're going to find. Or like you'll look at the bird and the bird will open up your heart to love. No, no. The bird literally is a conduit. The bird's just going to be like, chirp chirp she's down there <laughs> like like it'll fly down and maybe we'll get like maybe it'll peck at the eyes of whoever his betrothed will be but the idea that the wise man i almost envisioned him when i was looking at it. if you read it literally and just read it it sounds like a 10th grader who got bored halfway through the assignment and was like uh and the fifth element was love remember when the movie the fifth element was love oh god like are you yeah. kidding me yeah and then luke Bassano turned out wrote that when he was a kid and I remember reading about it later. It was like, yeah, yeah, I wrote this movie when I was like 14. It was like, yeah, yeah you of did. course you did. Because only a 14-year-old would get that far along into it and be like, oh, and the missing piece was love. It's like the friends we made along the way being the lesson. Like, no, that's not the thing. Yeah, so, so yeah, it's, it's and pretty it, bad. Yeah, it's like you, you, you climb up a mountain. You have to solve riddles. You finally get <laughs> up to the wise man, and he says, you should find love. Yeah. The only thing that would have been worth is is if he had said the journey was its own reward. Right. Um, And and not just be comforted by your money. Even if you didn't intellectually know that love is good, isn't that just something that instinctually everyone wants? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point. What makes him so wise that he knows the one thing that, like, 
everyone always knows. Every Even people, knows. yeah, every baby knows. <laughs> Even dumb babies come out and they immediately Dog. need love and affection. Dogs know it. Yeah, dogs know it. <laughs> what if Mr. Wiseman was the name of one of his dogs? <laughs> you should see if on the internet, if all of his, maybe he had a bunch of dogs and one of them was just Mr. Wiseman. And he asked his dog, his dog. Come here, Mr. Wiseman. Come here, Mr. Saturday Night Special. And maybe that's why, maybe that's why he was so frustrated with money is that he put his money and trusted with his dogs. <laughs> Mr. Banker was like a, just an old basset hound. And, and Alan was constantly telling him, was like, Ronnie, I don't think it's good that you let uh, a dog be in charge of your finances. And then of course, Ronnie wasn't hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> and so he was, all, all he was all fists and insults and he would just let a dog with one of those like uh, green bankers visors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was that. Uh... <laughs> Man, I was, uh, it was cleaning day at our house today. Oh, that's always fun. Uh, yeah, it's, it always ends with everyone being mad. Yep. <laughs> Is that the cleaning wasn't bad enough. And not enough cleaning having taken place. No, yep. not a very clean house. Yep. Um, but I'm vacuuming our bedroom. And, you know, we have a bed skirt. To, so I can't really see under the bed. But you're doing that thing where you kind of vacuum under the bed a little bit. Yep. And then I, I'm doing that. And I hit something. And I hear a yelp. Oh, my God. A terrible... <laughs> sucking noise and oh, yes no. i have vacuumed my dog and oh, no. scared out of my mind and in the, yeah. the few seconds it took me to turn the vacuum cleaner off pull the hair out of the vacuum cleaner oh my gosh retrieve the dog from under the bed and check her and to see that she was fine i mean you know how it is all these thoughts through my head like yeah first of all we have a six pound dog in this house right now. And I thought it might be that dog. And literally maybe I just vacuumed up the entire dog. Yeah. Which and we, yeah. We just killed our dog. And then, which would mean I would just have to grab the dog, jump in the car and just drive and never look back. Never come back. How yeah, are you explain that to your no, kid? It's just you and that dog's remains. Yeah. <laughs> headed to Mexico. Yeah. You would never hear from me again. I, I would nope. have to t- break all ties. And start all ties. But, um, but the dog, Sadly enough, was it was the bigger dog, which I guess is good. Yeah. And when I went down to get her, she wasn't even afraid of me. Like, she came to me. And so then I was thinking, she probably didn't see me either, just like I didn't see her. And maybe just thinks, like, this machine attacked yeah, her. a demon. I even saved her. So that's what I'm going with. And you know why they think that? And I bet the listeners have already jumped to the same conclusion. Most of your listeners, I'm sure, are dog people. Because what kind of Skinner fan wouldn't be a dog person, right? Thank you. I mean, it's loyal like Ronnie was to his bandmates, I guess, in a way. No. Yeah, okay, no, sorry. That was, the, that was the wrong conclusion. Sorry, no, the, the dogs are the bandmates. <laughs> They're loyal to the cruel master. Maybe. Yes. But either dogs way. Dogs are the bandmates, and, and Ronnie is the abusive dog yeah. owner. But we all know, if nothing else, I was right about the first part, that Skinner people are dog people. Yes. So we all know that dogs are terrified of vacuum cleaners. That's probably how, why all dogs feel that way, oh. is it only has to happen once or twice a year to some dog somewhere, mm-hmm. but then it's just bred into them to know that like, that's why, cause it is the worst. I make fun of my dog all the time when I'm walking around like, buddy, you're fine. Yeah. We'll put you out you're fine. Like, and I think that, I think it's silly that he gets so afraid of the vacuum cleaner, but to your exact story today, yeah. my God, if he did get caught in it, it would be awful. awful. Even if he gets out of it as your dog mercifully did, that would be beyond traumatizing. So, no, of scary. course, they're terrified of it. The vacuum is, is bigger than our dog. Yeah. I mean, it's loud. It's at scary. their level. Yep. It's coming at them rapidly, yep. and then it immediately darts back. And it comes right back. And 
And our mind, we're always thinking like, oh, silly dog, you don't know that this could hurt you. You don't know what it actually does. But yeah, they do. Because yeah. it happened to at least one dog, one point, and now they just carry it in their DNA. Some poor housewife stared her dog, and now every dog since then terrified. is terrified. And now we know why it does happen, even to loving dog owners. Like, I've seen you with your dogs. You love your dogs. You take care of them well. You're not, you're not a Ronnie Van Zant in this situation. No, not at all. You're a cuddly old Billy Powell. Thank Billy you. Powell, you know he couldn't lift a finger to those dogs. Would never. Wouldn't so, dream. That's it, man. Oh, your poor dog. And now when you turn on the vacuum cleaner, you'll be terrified. It wasn't scary enough. Oh, mm-hmm. man. All right. I got to tell my kids that tomorrow. You want to go searching? Yeah. That's my segue. Yeah. You just stop talking and I say, want to go searching. Yeah, I do. All right. Now, can I ask a quick, quick question? Or what else needs to happen with this song? And it's got to end. Yeah, go, sorry. Yeah, it, they always end. You always let them play out. I'll be quiet then. Yeah, although maybe in editing, I'll uh, skip ahead a little bit on this. I guess the only thing I like, I mean, the, the end guitar solo is kind of cool for a minute when they do, I guess it's Alan and Gary going back and forth. Like, that's okay. This is, but this is just, well, here's what's funny to me about this song. The three albums before this one, eight songs each. This album, nine songs. Why not cut this song? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. And they knew it wasn't that good because they put it in that slot towards yeah, the yeah, yeah. album where you're just kind of hiding it. So I'm, yeah. I'm fine with the sequencing. The next song is awesome. But this song, they just kind of slid it in there. So let's get it over with. All right, that was Searching by Leonard Skinner. You got that kind of big concert style, I Ain't the One closer, but it is not earned here. Yeah, for a song that I can assume, maybe they did play it a lot, but I imagine it didn't make it into heavy rotation. I would not think so. Yeah, so they were, they were definitely grandstanding when they were like, let's go ahead and get, append this with a, a big moment, one for the fans. Yeah. So this one was a real dud. And let me, I got to give you a quick update on something. You and the, the Freebirds. Do you remember Jarrett's? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right, he was quite a, a, quite a saga. 
it was, it was quite a, it was just quite a tale. He was our producer who um, did a great job, but then we had to get rid of him because we learned that he murdered our prior producer, Clarence. And so he's been in jail, but the word is Jarence has busted out of jail. Ooh. Apparently he, he bent the bars on his cell door with his bare hands. He attacked five security guards and then he cartwheeled out the back door. And I know that that's a little hard to believe, but Jarence was a real badass, as you guys remember. So anyway, he wasn't, he hasn't been caught and the sources say he was last seen headed up North. So as much as I love the dude, he is dangerous. Um, so if you guys have any tips, you know, feel free to write in and let me know about Jarrett's. Um, he did Clarence wrong. He did all of us wrong and he doesn't deserve to be a, a free bird. Do you know anything about Jarrett's simple friend? Uh, I know they shouldn't have, they shouldn't have put him in a, um, comic strip deal. Old timey <laughs> prison cell. Well, they you know, I said the same. Yeah. Thing. I said the well, same. It, it's a shame that 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 because of you know incarceration issues that they have so many old timey Popeye cartoon serial style prisons still yeah. in operation. You know, it's where they have those like bars that you think are made of metal, but then you get closer, Bluto style, and you realize like, no wait, I can bend this. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know I'm all for prison reform, and that's definitely high right. on the list. But sometimes prison reform refers to the actual buildings themselves. It's not just the way we treat our prisoners. That's very important. important. But sometimes you need to make sure that, like, that you can't bend bars and fit yourself through them. Yeah, Um, this is more prison remodeling, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's what we should say. We should clarify. We should vote for prison remodeling in addition to prison reform. And, like, the guards shouldn't have those, like, bully clubs that like swing back and forth when you swing them. They shouldn't have it. It feels like, yeah, it feels like they're just harming their wrists more than anything. Yeah. what does Jarrett's look like? Is he like Donald in Toronto where he's almost a dead ringer for Clarence or is he like very physically different? Like if someone knows Clarence, how do they, how do they identify him? Is there a, a police yeah. artist sketch? That's a great question. So they do look alike in the face, but of course Jarrett's is much better looking. He's in much better shape. He's a very strong sure. man. Great, great build. I mean, the guy's he's like rock solid, you know, and quite a bit taller than, than, than uh, Clarence. But if you look at their eyes, look them dead in the eyes then you may be able to see a similarity. Okay. You know, if you just see a beautiful, strong man out running, <laughs> yeah. just try to tackle him, because that might be Jaren's. That's my advice. So you would advise a citizen's arrest? A citizen's arrest. Yeah, I mean, I didn't call the police, but until they arrive, you're going to need to try to hold him down. Yeah. I mean, only if you care about your country. So that's sure. up to you guys. A uh, question, because um, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with Jaren's rap sheet, but has has he said anything about you or the fans or the, God forbid the guests? Like he doesn't have like, he doesn't have it out. Cause I, if memory serves, Jarrett's was a good producer and, and very supportive. Uh, let me stop you there. Sorry. He was an amazing producer. Yeah. Okay. So, but, and, but, but he sees it that way too. Like he sees you guys as well, John Q law just got in the way of a good thing. He doesn't have a score to settle with you though. Right. I don't like to talk about it. Um, okay. I, I think he has some concerns because I'm the one who turned him in. And for some That's reason, he, he seems to have a fascination with Rye from Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Don't know why, but we have exchanged some letters, Jarrett and okay. I, and Rye has come up numerous times. So, sorry, Rye, but be on the lookout. But Wait, Rye's this, up in Canada, so yeah. he's fine. But I thought you just said he was going up north. Oh, shit. Because Canada's north of here. Well, then be on the lookout, Rye. Yeah. Now, how do you feel Jarrett's is going to handle the border situations? Because for Rye, the good news is 
borders are pretty clamped down at the moment because mm-hmm. of Corona. But do you feel the borders can control Jarrett's in the same way the 1920s cartoon prison could not? <laughs> a simple friend. I don't think anyone, I don't think you really get Jarrett's. Yeah, I, I haven't worked with him. I don't know. Yeah, he cannot be controlled. No, that's not good at all then. By any, yeah, that's shit. That is really bad. See, I think you think it's not as big of a deal, but then when I ask a simple question, yeah. you almost always have a reason to suggest that he's kind of like a superhero in a way. He, he reminds me of a superhero. I've never met a superhero. I'm not sure if they're real, but he's definitely the closest I've ever come to a superhero. Yeah. I would describe all of this as problematic for Rye. Yes. You know, and now I'm, I'm now questioning my involvement in all this because I haven't said anything ill about him. No. But well, I, I don't think I don't know the ride it either. I wouldn't fault you if you wanted to remove yourself from any association with this podcast. Things are getting a little serious, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Well. All right. So, you know, we're gonna have to write the song. Yep. And it doesn't sound like we're too crazy about it. I'm gonna let you go first. On a scale of one to five Skinnards, what do you give Searching? I'm going to go with the first number that popped in my head, and that's 1.7 Skinners. 1.7 Skinners. Very low. I get it. I'm going to go a little higher just because I still like the band and what they were doing at this time. They were all beyond competent musicians, but the song sucks. So I'm going to give it a 2.4 Skinners. What's uh, the lowest rating so far? 2.4 Skinners. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. I've been, very, I've been pretty high on it. You've been that. generous. Sure. And by the way, look, they're deserving. I'm going to give you a little inside baseball here. I don't put any thought whatsoever into the <laughs> rankings or the rating until I have to say it. Yeah. I mean, it means something in the sense that if I just listen to I Ain't to One, I'm going to give it four point something. Yeah. I'm searching, it's going to be a lot lower. But um, I probably need to go back at some point and revisit these ratings because they're, they're probably not accurate. But overall, yeah, I've been pretty generous. But this is definitely, I mean, this has definitely been one of the lesser songs. No doubt. In general, yeah. Very, yes. I, I'm trying to think right now of a song that I've enjoyed less than this one, and nothing springs to mind. There's definitely, Other, yeah. every, every song in the first two albums is better. I'm sure of that. You know, at a certain point then, you, maybe you could compare, when you get to the real bottom of the barrel, and maybe we're here, because you know, those be. first four or five albums are really good, you might then say, are any of these songs worse than the Sweet Home Alabama Werewolves of London mashup that Kid Rock did. I know the answer to that. And the answer is... <laughs> Nothing makes me angry. <laughs> yeah. Kid Rock song. Two great songs and they made... I know. It's awful. I know. And yet... I was searching a thousand times over this. That's so great. And yeah, and that's, that is one of our key differences is that while I completely admire that, and I, I stand by you because Kid Rock, Kid Rock is the worst. The worst. It's the worst of the worst of the worst. Uh, yeah, it does not get worse than him. And yet, got a hand to the guy. He did put two fun songs together in a way that I would rather hear than searching. I get it. I mean, in a way, it was a. Uh, almost said this it. is a this is a classic. Don't shoot the messenger thing. But I, it's like, <laughs> but everything about it. But I would definitely, I, I would not bear any ill will towards someone who decides to die on that hill. I would absolutely have your back at the bottom of the hill. I'd be like, I get why you went up there. Yeah, just on principle alone, I have yeah. to say, I, I would make myself listen to Searching over that one. But you're right. I mean, it's two great songs, and he took two great hooks from those songs. And, and just literally used them on top. 
Puff of each other. <laughs> you did. I mean, yeah, you can't blame me. You did the, uh, the the Puff Daddy Godzilla soundtrack thing where it's like, yeah. wasn't it Cashmere? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, yeah, hey, Cashmere's a good song. Let's just do Cashmere. And yeah. I'll half rap over Cashmere. And it really was. You did that although, you know, You did it with uh, uh, Every Breath You Take, too. Oh, that's right. That was that's right. That was a massive hit. Yeah, hey, hey there, uh, Simple Friend. Yes. I have an exciting announcement to make. I like announcements. Our next episode will be hosted by Rye from Sabbath Bloody Podcast. He's going to talk about a song called Cry for the Bad Man. And Rye, I don't know if you know this, but he ended his Sabbath Bloody Podcast reign. So he's out of the podcast game. The only place you can hear anything new from him apparently is Skinner Reconsidered. I will release this on time about a week from now because it's already done. So that'll make it easy. So look forward to that. Pretty exciting to have our, our dear friend Rye back for a second time to host the, uh, the podcast. Do you know that song cry for the bad man? I do not. I need to listen to, to it again. That's um, a really good, you said one. It's a good one, right? It's probably my second favorite on this album. Um, just a great heavy riff. Great song. The lyrics work. This is where another time where it all comes together. It's the opposite of searching. That's what I've always called it. <laughs> what if they, maybe the original title for Cry for the Batman was Cry for the Batman parentheses, the opposite of searching. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. And at the last minute, they just scribbled it out. I was like, ah, that might be too on the nose. <laughs> Do you want to um, wrap this up and then you and I can you know, say all the things that we'd be ashamed for others to hear. Yeah, sure. Just talk I like feel, that. I feel like I did a solid job. There's so much I have to say about yeah. Skinner and, and music in general, but uh, I do want to say that I appreciate you letting me be a part of it. And I hope it was worth people's time. You can cut out anything you want. I will not be offended. All I know is you uh, did a great um, job and it's always yeah. amazing to talk to you. I must be traveling on, but thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I love you so much. Love you too, buddy. This has been a pleasure. Thank you.